0: I am the proud owner of 22 grey hairs. You may think I'm joking, but I'm actually really excited about it. I feel so strongly about it that actually, for most of my adult life, I have been bottle blonde, bleach blonde, but for the last five years, in anticipation, I've gone back to my usual mousy brown colour just to herald those first grey hairs with fanfare and celebration. I'm really excited about it. Now, some of you will be thinking, when I'm 38, I will not be excited to see my first gray hairs. And some others of you might be groaning, thinking, oh, it's all very well for her at 38, but uh, when she's my age and she's got a head full of them, I'll be dying my hair blonde again, like a shot. And maybe I will. But what I know for sure is that I am blessed to be old enough to have them. If you, like me, have some gray hairs in all seriousness, it means that yet you haven't died tragically young of cancer or heart disease. You haven't been the victim of a fatal crime or an accident. Um, You haven't succumbed to suicide or overdose. You have made it so far. God has sustained you and he's protected you and you've had many days on this earth. Isn't this a reason for fanfare and celebration? But then the gray hairs grow more, don't they? And I've heard that once they start, they don't stop until your head is covered with them. And your days have been so numbered, so many, that you find yourself, well, old. And you find yourself having to convince everyone that the only difference between yourself and your 38-year-old neighbor is the amount of todays you've had. You are just the same person, but older. You haven't become old because of poor financial management or um, bad relationship choices or addiction. No, you've just been blessed with more todays than somebody else has. We all want to be in that boat, don't we? We all want to have a good, long, happy, healthy life, don't we? But then come our caveats. Well, only if we're physically able to enjoy them. Only if um, we're not lonely or isolated. And only if we still have our minds. Our todays might not be worth living if under those circumstances. And I can understand that. This is not, that is not God's original plan for us growing older. Um, the intention, the plan, growing older is beautiful. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and it, 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 it should be heralded and honored by society. But instead, we've become very, very good at professionally marginalizing, isolating, and older people. You and me, but older. And there's something else in this mix as well, and it's something that the World Health Organization calls its public health uh, priority, and it's called dementia. We misunderstand it, we're scared of it, we're ashamed of it, and we underestimate it. Now, let me clarify, dementia is not a natural part of aging. Dementia is an umbrella term for a range of progressive um, conditions that affect the brain, and it's now Britain's biggest killer. It's just overtaken heart disease to become Britain's biggest killer. It's the fifth biggest killer globally. Um, But it's becoming so common in old age that someone is diagnosed every three seconds and uh, children who were born in 2015, one in three of those children will develop dementia at some point in their their future. And actually last year, for the first time ever, um, those aged over 65 globally outnumbered those aged under five. So that means it's become my problem, it's become your problem, and it's become the church's problem today. And now I know, speaking to a room of of this size, this will be some of your reality, and you'll be dealing with this, and I can honestly say that my heart breaks for you. It is tragic, and it's terrible, and it's devastating, but I hope that I can be some encouragement to you and uh, share some ways to help and offer some hope. So I'm the founder of um, an intergenerational storytelling project and it's called Truth Be Told. Now I just want to humble myself in front of you today. God's been prompting me because this time last year if you'd have asked me to talk about a social action project that I was going to start, I would not have had anything to say. Because this is an idea that God placed in my mind um, about this time last year. And so just that urgency, that word about urgency and what we've been hearing about social action, Um, it's for everybody and I hope and pray that God is quickening your heart it might be it it will be for anything but just to say this isn't this isn't this is a new thing we've we've started this one year ago Um, so allow the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you as I'm talking So Truth Be Told is um, an intergenerational project, we resource and train and equip and support churches to take families from their communities, little children and their parents, into residential, um, often dementia specialist care homes. And together we are family, we tell stories, we sing songs, uh, we eat together and we laugh. We're just the church on tour with a family of God, a bunch of exiles, just being ourselves in the ultimate place of exile. People are taken out of their communities. They are asked to give their identity back. They, they, they don't have um, their finances, control over their finances, they're taken out of their church community, they're taken out of their physical community, and um, often they, they spend the rest of their days in these care homes. Our vision is storytelling for life. That's our strap line, and life is threefold. It's joyful, joyful life. It's family life. Um, everyone has a place and a purpose and it's real, full life that can be found in Jesus Christ. We use loads of reminiscence. It's a really powerful tool and I'm sure you will have, will have heard of that between the ages of 18 and 25. You have something called a reminiscence bump and um, those people who are growing older and having memory problems or have uh, suffer from dementia it's that age that, that you can kind of tap into and um, you can find out who that person really was. But since I began this project, God has been speaking to me um, about the sanctity of today, of todayness, of capturing the moment with purpose and with urgency. He's put on my heart three verses that talk about today. They are time-bound. There is no time to lose. Do not hit snooze again. They are valuable because yesterday is often too distant to remember and tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. And the first today is captured in this verse. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118. When I was eight months pregnant with my first child, I went on a shopping spree. I had bought the cot, it had been assembled, I had the car seat already fitted, and I'd bought little tiny packets of nappies, and I'd taken them all out, and I'd arranged them in a wicker basket, and I was waiting, I was already, no, what I had to go and buy was paper. Who knew? It was such an important purchase. But I'd bought a a vintage dresser for my baby girl's clothes to go in, and so I wanted some beautiful and luxurious paper to line the bottom of these drawers so that I could put her things in there. Its reason for being was to bring me joy. There it is. It did, as I cut it to the right size and I applied it. Every time I put something in those drawers, I felt full of joy. And then after Lily was born, what I realized in those early days when sometimes she was awake and alert and ready for me to kind of engage with her, is that actually I didn't really need the Bambi paper, the vintage retro Bambi paper, that wasn't so helpful. What I needed was a toy to dangle in front of her. And every time I did that, I wasn't hoping to educate her or develop her skills. What I wanted to do was to be fused together with her in a moment of deep joy. We often compare tiny babies, don't we, to the very old. There's this sense of misery as we compare their kind of similar base needs, their need to uh, kind of help with communication or with feeding, or with toileting. But what we miss is their identical base need for joy. That's our identical base need. That, that's a leveler in this room, isn't it? We all need that sense of joy. And for some of these residents that we, that we visit, that we meet, um, some of their moments awake are so fleeting that we need to be ready to connect, to capture and fuse together in a moment of joy. Because listen, listen again to what the Bible says. today. This day is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter where this day is in your life, what priority order, uh, what order it falls in, whether it's one of the very first or the very last. This day, this one right now belongs to the Lord and joy is intended. Today is joyful and we can line someone else's drawers with some luxurious paper just for the fun of it. These are the hands of Sylvia and Sophia. In her heyday, Sylvia was um, a successful midwife, moving around the country, uh, training others, and leading teams. But today, she's 93, and she lives in a care home in Paul. And when I first met her, Sylvia was trying to make sense of her dementia, and she would tell me every week that somebody had gone into her house, they'd broken in, they'd stolen all of her things, they'd taken her husband away, and they'd burnt it down. She'd say, aren't people wicked? And so to this day, she keeps all of her belongings locked up in suitcases in her room, ready to go back home. She absolutely adores children, but she never had any of her own. So when we started our Truth Be Told sessions in her nursing home, she was desperate to join in. And she would, um, she would get very, very kind of enthusiastic and excited. She was desperate to get the attention and the affection of the children, always intent on making some kind of connection with them. And as the weeks went on, little Sophia was drawn in by her natural warmth and kindness, and they became friends. Purpose was restored. The second today is captured in this verse. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139. Now a few weeks back, Sylvia became ill. We were all concerned about her. We knew the inevitable would come, but we were dreading that day happening. And um, this day, Sophia had brought a book in for her to read. And so the carers at the home suggested that she took this book and went and find, uh, kind of found Sylvia, um, which she did. She went in with her mum. Sylvia did the internationally uh, well-known gesture. And up, Sophia hopped. And the next thing, they were looking through the pages of the book, fused in that sense of purpose. And each week since then, Sylvia hasn't actually been um, able to, she hasn't been well enough to get up by herself and walk into the residence lounge. And so Sylvia and Sophia have got this little routine going where Sophia will come in and uh, and she'll potter off and she'll go and find Sylvia's room. Um, And then Sophia does this lovely thing where she helps Sylvia to put on her shoes and together, they walk to the residence lounge. I wonder sometimes what Sylvia must think when she wakes up in the morning. Shh, does she think, where am I? You know, where's my husband? Where are my things? But on a Monday morning, when Sophia arrives in her doorway, today is purposeful. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God doesn't give us a surplus of days. He doesn't um, add on a few for good measure. He doesn't kind of give us, a just in case, a contingency. Some days seem more obviously purposeful than others, don't they? When we're at work, when we're raising our children, when we lead worship, when we have a successful day Christmas shopping, there's obvious purpose, but for some days the purpose has to be found. It has to be called out. Today is purposeful, and we can put someone else's shoes on for them, and we can ordain them fit for purpose. Now, if you have ever been in charge of a small person, a preschooler, uh, during the week for any length of time, you probably will have been to some kind of rhyme time, a song session. Um, No matter what your age is, and what the age of your child, you're made to feel a little bit silly, aren't you? You have to get involved. Um, and take a truth be told session. For example, these are the props we use that come out of the special bag for the um, Sunday school classic that is the, old, uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Now, truth be told, we believe in intergenerational activity, everyone is vo- involved, n- non-discriminatory, um, so I'm hoping you can guess what's coming next. <laughs> Do you know it? Okay, get your hands ready then because The foolish man built his house upon the sand. What a a fool. But the wise man built his house upon the rock. So build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ and you build your house on the rock. Yes, good job everyone. Good job. Along with some silly songs, we tell a story of hope, and then after we've told that story based on on something from the Bible, a truth of the Bible, I'm loved, I'm found, I'm welcome, what we do next is we get a parachute and we waft it over everyone. And whilst we do that, we sing with gusto, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And we sing it unashamed. We sing it with purpose. We love it Uh, and we get everyone to do the actions regardless of their age and we sing it regardless of whether they can sing it for themselves. People with tiny babies, people with dementia and everyone in between because first, we need to be reminded of his name so that today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. It's so important. So Truth Be Told has had some great coverage. It's been an amazing year, and uh, it's brilliant feedback from care homes and and from the council and from Bournemouth University, and it's just been a a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. But this week, I had my first critical email. We've had 460 people come to a Truth Be Told session over the last year, which is really exciting. They've paid to come. They've come, uh, but the critical email said, I found the Jesus song a bit too much. And in my heart I'm like, yes! You found it too much, how That's brilliant, I'm so excited. Because yes, it's too much. Yes, we are unashamed. It makes people feel uncomfortable, it unsettles them. Because God doesn't want them to be rooted in the world, he wants them to be an exile, like us. Doesn't he, that's what he wants. And that's my prayer for those families in the community that he would unroot them, he would unsettle them, he would make them an exile and he would bring them home. That is my heart for them. And my prayer for those nearing the end of their life is that the inclination of their heart would somehow shift towards their father in heaven. We're unlikely to know what that response is in this life Some of them are unable to communicate, but he will know and he is waiting, desperate for them to come home to him. Today is urgent and we can sing the song and we can do the actions on someone else's behalf as a reminder of his name for them. So I'd just like you to close your eyes and uh, it may be that God is stirring your heart about launching a Truth Be Told project in your church. Or it may be that God is just stirring your heart for something else, for those old, isolated, vulnerable people in your community. And as I say these words, i just really like you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and prompt you and uh, don't press the snooze button. Today is joyful. We can line someone else's jaws with luxurious paper, just for the fun of it. Who's God put in your heart to bring joy to you? Today is purposeful. We can put someone else's shoes on for them and we can ordain them fit for purpose. Where can you bring purpose today? Today is urgent. We can sing the song and we can do the actions on someone else's behalf as a reminder of his name Who does God want you to remind of the name, the powerful name of Jesus today? And the trick for us all is remembering, isn't it? To do it today. Today is the day. That's it.